0: It's Monday, July 18th and we have the lettuce man Carl Gubton on from Green Swell or Greens well Growing and Cakes. Wednesday there are cakes. Welcome to Eat It Virginia.
1: Welcome to Eat It Virginia, your number one podcast source for food, news, and interviews with the people who make Richmond restaurants great. Follow us on social media at Eat It Virginia, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. My name is Scott Wise, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, my friend Roby Martin. You have been called many things in your life, Roby, I'm sure, but today I'm going to call you a miracle worker. Why is that? A worker of miracles. What did I do? You booked Carl for the podcast. <laughs> from, I did. From Greenswall Growers, which is a hydroponic greens uh, farm out in Goochland. He so we don't ask for free things from our guests. We, we don't ask. Sometimes people are generous enough to let us sample the wares. He brought some containers of lettuce for us to try. I bring said lettuce home, and my family and I, had salads
0: your whole family
1: i was able to sit the kids down at the table and make them a salad i was and they ate it and they liked it it's carl, good they're good greens carl you are i don't know you're you are you're a good man carl and you make some good greens
0: i think that you like carl for his greens and for his fish affiliation
1: thank you for bringing another fish fan into my life carl, you're welcome carl and his wife and i were are all going to be jamming out soon
0: Here for you, Scott.
1: Eating lettuce. Here for you. Eating lettuce, listening to fish. (laughs) It's It's gonna be good. Sounds
0: like things that happen at a fish concert, honestly.
1: It's going to be great.
0: Did you hear who's open? Who opens last Wednesday?
1: There was an audible buzz in the newsroom today over at Channel Six over this opening. So want to tell the folks at home what we're talking about. Fat rabbit! opened her cake place you've been talking about fat rabbit and ellen for years who was buzzing about it in the newsroom oh people saw the pictures on social media and the long lines outside of her her new bakery and because she's amazing
0: ellen hopper ellen hopper opened with all of the delicious cakes and baked goods i believe she's she's coming she's coming she's just been busy opening a restaurant scott
1: you've been promising me it Ellen as a guest for, I think, since we started in 2019 and it hasn't happened yet. So hopefully this is the impetus. I mean, it doesn't sound like she needs our help getting word out. It sounds like there's a long line. What What you're hoping
0: for is free cake. You're talking about free lettuce. Now you're hoping for free cake. I know that's what it is.
1: I'm all about the (laughs) yin and the yang. You know, I'm all about balance in my life.
0: I bet you can get your kids to eat that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That shouldn't be too difficult. Is there something that she makes that you know, really sticks in your, in your brain, something that's really that's stuck there.
0: So I have had probably every cake that Ellen makes and the the really cool thing is like, sometimes when you buy a birthday cake, they're like a little larger than you'd like them to be. So you can like get small cakes.
1: Blasphemous.
0: No, it's great. It's great. No, 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 my- Large,
1: no cake is larger than I want it to be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the blasphemous part. Uh, oh, sorry. Well, it, her, my favorite is her salted caramel chocolate but it's just a little different than what you would think of. And then she makes these, she calls them hop tarts.
1: Hop, H-O-P?
0: Yeah, like, you know, like fat rabbit. Like a bunny, got it. Yes. Very punny. And they're so good.
1: This is up on Churchill area, Venable Mm -hmm. Street, North Richmond. It's,
0: It's far and fun. I'm stoked.
1: I cannot wait to try it out. So on the last podcast, you came up with a great idea, Roby, about a segment where we were going to let our listeners ask questions of local chefs, things that were on their minds. And you challenged me to come up with the name of the segment. Right. I couldn't do it on the spot. I, I failed you. but I have it. I've been sleeping on it. I've been praying on it. Oh, it, God. Came, it came to me one night in a dream. Pepper the Chef.
0: Pepper the chef.
1: Because you pepper somebody with questions. Yes. And And pepper pepper
0: is a a thing.
1: Yep. What What if the chefs get salty? So if people want to pepper the chef.
0: (laughs) God, take that out.
1: (laughs) If people want to pepper the chef, they can email their questions to eatitvirginia at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on social media at eatitvirginia. Or Roby's Instagram, call me Roby Or my Instagram, Scott underscore wise However you want to get it to us You can text us, you can find us on the street Tap us on the shoulder If you want to pepper the chef Just tell us who you want us okay. to pepper And the questions you want us to ask And we will get it done for you
0: So we're off to talk about lettuce with the lettuce guy
1: Let's talk about the hydroponic greens But not the kind you're thinking of, Roby
0: Not the fish kind <music> You heard me, Scott. You said organic. I do.
1: That's a nice segue you got going. I do, I do.
0: I think so. So I've toured this facility. (laughs) Well, let's... let's, let's, No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm not done. (laughs) Okay. I'm not done. Okay, It is a... I
1: hope not, because we're only five seconds into the podcast. I know. Well, here you go. I'm glad you're not done.
0: Imagine the cleanest field of beautiful lettuces you've ever seen. Are you there with me? The word
1: lettuces...
0: Is that? Is it's that not the right correct? word. No, I love it though. Can, <laughs> yeah. you, just, can you please <laughs> let me do it? Just can you please
1: lettuces. let? I lettuces. love it. I'm picturing the lettuces. A yeah.
0: field of greens.
1: A field Green go. lettuces. See, yes. I
0: got I have something, and you guys are not letting me have sorry. it.
1: Sorry. Right, sorry. A field of greens. A My field eyes are of greens, and I'm picturing the field of greens. As
0: far as the eye can see. Can you
1: um do a little like S M R, like a little voice thing with us? There's no noises in the field of greens. It's peaceful. Just like your voice. Yeah. A field of greens. There we go. As far I like it.
0: That is Greenswell Growers and we have Carl Gupton. Upton. Gupton. What did I just
1: say? Gupton.
0: It's Gupton. I totally know what it is. But I got so excited about my ASMR.
1: I think a lot of the listeners did too. Did they? I think so. I'm getting feedback.
0: We have
1: Carl Gupton with
0: us today to talk about his field of green. Why did you leave
1: the field? It sounds so peaceful. So peaceful running around that place tell (laughs) us about the field
0: first of all poor guys probably not very peaceful but for me it was very peaceful
2: now there is something soothing about going into the greenhouse Mm -hmm. it was funny when we first started this operation we've got a partner in it that is has a history of hydroponic growing and one of the things is steve is very technical very engineered mind And then he started talking to me about the Zen of the greenhouse and I was totally (laughs) blindsided by it. And Steve says, you know, you just have to sit in here and um, get and be one with it. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, really? That's kind of cool. So there, that is kind of the art form.
0: I could see you sitting in the conference room, which we're in, which you can see the lovely greens from just eating a salad, watching the movements of the lettuces. Yeah. Um, greens, whatever you want to call them. I saw your face, Scott. Um, just wafting by.
2: Yeah, there is something peaceful to it. You know, watching 600 channels full of four pounds each of, of lead-eye.
0: Lead-eye. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, lead-eye. Everybody's on board <laughs> yeah. now. I like it, of lead-eye rolling by. Yes.
2: No, it is. There is something great to see the automation kind of work and grow something organically from kind of start to finish in a very – unbelievably fast process when you see it kind of come from the field where it takes probably you know, you're talking maybe two to three months to grow our product in a field setting where we're doing it in 21 to 28 days, depending on the product. So, yeah, I mean, it, there is something peaceful that comes
1: with it. I, I, I found it very peaceful. What is green well grow, Greens Well Growers?
0: Green Swell? Greens Well? You can kind of go
1: both it? ways. We kind of played that, you know, when we
2: developed this brand with the group over at Campfire. That was kind of the, the little bit of the double entendre that comes with it. You get the greens, and it's a swell. And you can feel this swell moving in what's called a controlled environment agriculture Um Area out there, you'll hear me say CEA probably throughout the day. It's yeah, that's that's what it is. We're we're out here t- trying to develop, bringing good, healthy product to the local community. I mean, that's really what it is. Right now, about ninety five percent of what we consume in the leafy green market is what you kind of get it. I love the Leti market.
0: The eye market,
2: yeah, um, comes from California or Arizona. So you've got product that's harvested. Out in the fields in California that's got to travel all the way across this country and while it's probably the most perfect environment that we have here in the United States for it, it's still the the greens go through a cycle out there that it's a bit of a struggle so you get a shorter shelf life with it and I think we've all been to the grocery store, picked up that package of greens or lead eye and <laughs> <laughs> And and looked at it and seen that wet nasty (laughs) that wet nasty tray in the bottom of it and put it back on the shelf and said, "I'm not eating that." Well, the reason is because that was harvested, you know, three, four, five, six days ago at a minimum, and it's come across, you know, harvested, cool chain there, travel across the country, hit a distribution center, come to it, and it just it's a problem and that they've got out there, while it's not just a problem of kind of fresh produce, they've got droughts. I mean, we've all seen the mega droughts that are going on right now in California and it's changing the way that we are consuming. You throw COVID on top of it and the supply chain is broken in a lot of ways for our our food system. You know, we talk with some of our food distributors and they say they order from the West Coast, they don't know if they're getting 100% of their order, 75% of their order, 50% of their order. So what we can do is bring predictable supply to these guys and gals um, and have product ready for them on demand um, with the predictable supply model that we can kind of throw out there with it. And we know it's good, clean, healthy, fresh produce. And that's that's our goal.
0: So. Hydroponic growing, let's walk through that for people that might not know what exactly that means. I know I just discussed a field of greens, but it really is very, it gets very technical. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. There's a
2: lot of moving parts to it, and it is part, this is the playbook that you follow, and this is the playbook and how you adjust off of that. You make those decisions as, I'll call our, our growers, almost artists at times, making adjustments on the fly, Oh, my God, it jumped up, you know, 20 degrees today. It's 100 degrees outside. What do we have to do to adjust the feed schedule? What do we have to do to adjust the light levels to keep that product consistent? Because I want, we want the product that we harvest today to be the same product as in December or as in April or as in November. You know, throughout the year, you get a consistent product. Um, We're making minute changes. Um, We use a lot of technology that goes with that. But, you know, you get into the hydroponic growing. There's a lot of different things. You'll hear people say that. I would say 15 years ago, it probably was a little bit taboo. Um, when you talk about hydroponic growing, um, nobody knew what it was. Um, Some people did, but it wasn't for lettuce. But, yeah, it wasn't for lettuce. And, and that's usually a well, question they're, they're too. They call it lettuce, don't they? Yeah. Yes, lettuces. is. Yes. <laughs> and we get that question. That's usually when we say we were putting a big commercial scale greenhouse out there and they're like, oh, what are you growing? I was like, that's not what you're growing. And I was like, yes, it is. That's phase two. That's phase two. Phase three. No. Um, but yeah, that 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 is. Um, it's really morphed. Uh, the technology that we use is really European based. Um, and Europe is 15, 20 plus years ahead of us when it comes to the greenhouse growing space and the hydroponic space. They, and there is a, they're forced out of necessity. We're in the US, we have excess farmland, we have excess whatever, you know, the US usually lives in excess, Um, where Europe, and especially northern Europe, where they have limited fields and crop levels that they that can meet their demand, they had to get creative. Um, The Dutch had to get creative years ago in the greenhouse space and created these systems that allow to them to serve their population. And that's what we're trying to do here right now. They are the technology that they have is amazing. I mean, it really is. When when you look at most of the equipment, not only in our space, but if you go out there and different um, different manufacturing, usually it's European equipment that you see kind of playing It's the Germans, the Italians. Um, in our space, uh, we partnered with a company called Green Automation that allows us to automate this hydroponic growing system. Um, our system is a little bit different than what you will find in a lot of the spaces you've seen it. Um, we are able- I have,
0: it's very cool.
2: It's, it's really cool because we can use a medium that's kind of like a hybrid soil system. We use peat that we put our seeds into. Um, the whole process from start to finish is fully automated we can place the seed in these 18 foot long u-shaped channels we put the peat in to hold the seed in place Um, the seeds are placed about an inch and a half apart 120 seeds in a channel they go out into the greenhouse and through the wonders of modern technology we can tell where that channel is going in the greenhouse what came out of the greenhouse how much are we putting in that day you know when we're at full growing levels we'll probably harvest around you know 2,500 to 3,000 pounds a day, um, which is a good amount of greens that we've got to find a place to land.
0: Well, I think that there is... So, weirdly enough, and or maybe not, I actually really love kava, and I don't know if you've ever been in a yes. kava. So I have a good friend who make who makes lamb grows lamb however you want to call it and he has his lamb meatballs so border springs craig rogers hi craig he does the lamb meatballs at kava and i go in and have a bowl and they are out of two of their greens, which you know that's a big deal a big at deal. Kava, right? Yeah. and that's because the their supply chain. Yep. So if you're harvesting this many pounds, it kind of sounds give me like a call. I was going to say <laughs> it kind of sounds like you might be able to help them exactly. Right, and then fast forward, uh, we had some people come with us to tour your facility. Yep. And she sent me a text message with a picture of this was recalled at her. I don't know where it was—a supermarket. That's yep. she's out and a little bit further out from the from Richmond City. Okay, and so how much? Yeah. Like I know yours doesn't touch hands or anything yeah. or, or any, <clears throat> any stuff like that. But like, what is the reason that most lettuces get recalled? Sure, sure. We talked about the distri- distribution issue earlier, so
2: yeah. Now one of the big reasons. So you know, I got in the space. I came from a food packaging company. We kind of see the stress that the. Supply chain was under at that time. It was a lot of proteins that were under that were in need, but you could see it was bleeding into the vegetables and produce side to it. I had to take a lot of food safety classes, um, uh, FISMA classes, and we're Harmonized Gap Plus certified. Um, it's a USDA program. It's basically the highest level of certification the USDA gives you, but. He just said basically uh, highest. That,
1: that was a, a humble, humble brag. brag. It was a humble brag. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay, yeah, fair, fair. Points no.
2: off. No. <laughs> no. And I have to give all the credit in the world to our food safety and quality um, manager. She did an amazing job, Nicole Salinas, on that. Thank um, you, Nicole. She, yes, she did a great job building a 250 page document that we basically is our Bible that we live by. But what I was going with that is th- what I learned is. You got to wash your hands. <laughs> you got to not put your porta potty in the middle of the field. Sure. you've got to. Yeah, that's where
1: it got so page into page one, or is that page two forty. Well, that was page
2: one through about one hundred okay. um, and fifty, and it was kind of one of these eye opening things that you go with, and it's you know it's retention ponds, it's it's what downstream from fecal is really the biggest driver that you fecal sure. matter that you have in this is that it gets in the crops, it gets in the watering system and you got a problem. And that's where most of those recalls will come from. Somebody's touched the product with dirty hands or the water system is tainted in some fashion. So, to circumvent that problem for us, to take that worry, well, I'm not going to say 100% perfectly off the table, 99.9% off the table. Um we've gone one we've gone for the first year with kind of municipal water we want to get a good baseline for our system we want to know what we've got we want to be able to test our system on what we've got we've also built the facility out to contain all of our our rain water bring that back in Uh, we're still getting close on that but we wanted to set a very good baseline that we know we believe in the product that's going out there the customer doesn't have any problems It's very cool yeah.
1: Where, where did you grow up Carl I grew up in Virginia Beach as a little kid on the beach did you ever envision yourself working on a farm um, you mean like adult? in the parking lot where your security guard said I'm
2: looking for a farmer She, you're not a farmer <laughs> <laughs> and I loved her I said I guess I'm kind of the modern version <laughs> of a farmer I actually grew up in a fairly rural part of Virginia Beach a place called Punga out kind of in the country I grew strawberries up in, is that what the strawberries you're festival for? come on yeah Um, I grew up with a lot of kids who were, who were, grew up on farms or farmhands, their dad, you know, third, fourth, fifth generation farmers. And we've watched those farms, you know, sadly enough, we've watched those farms turn into, you know, cookie cutter home systems that are out there. Um, while, you know, we've got to have a place for everybody to live. When there, when I grew up on Sandbridge road, there was, that was the cutoff. It was called the, it was called the green line. You could not develop South of that road. Um, and this is back in the 80s and in the 90s. And then finally, they put one development in and they took another development. in. And But what I watched was those, fa- those farmlands kind of shrink and shrink and shrink. And we're seeing more of that in the country. And it's tough for a traditional farmer to keep up with one, technology, uh, and two, just, you know, the cost of products that go out into what they're doing. We're lucky enough on our board. We have one traditional farmer, and Rob's kind of amazing. He's a farmer out in the Northern Neck, and he brings kind of a different perspective to it. He's one of these farmers that uses the technology. He's using GPS systems for seeding, and he's one of these guys that have embraced that the world's got to change. Um, <clears throat> and we're kind of doing the same thing. You know, Rob's funny. He's got that. You know, he's got that beautiful Northern Neck accent that goes with it. And he, you know, he told us. He, he said, you know. I can have a perfect crop for for months and months and months and I'm ready to harvest and all of a sudden four inches of rain comes and I lose 30% of my crop. Well, that's 30% of his revenue gone Mm -hmm. and on already a tight margin business. You don't have that room for error. Um, with us, well, we're still on a tight margin business but we can limit that miss that comes with it you know we, we're going to have ups and downs in our yields but we can hopefully you know predict what that's going to be and control that in some fashion
1: now about the
2: company when did it start so this idea started oh god i'll say probably six years ago um with three guys um chuck metzger um, Doug Pick and John May. There are three kind of co-founders. Um, Doug is head of Feedmore. Uh, Feedmore had, gives about 25% of their, at the time, gave about 25% of their product was fresh produce. The other 75% were canned goods. Now, the, the problem you run into with those canned goods is, you know, you're dealing in underserved communities. People are coming to the food bank for a reason, and they, <coughs> they've got, you know, product that's high in sugar, high in sodium, and you're perpetuating the problems in these underserved com- communities. So Chuck and, John, uh, sorry, Chuck and Doug went together to these um, individual farmers. Northern, the Northern Neck is where a majority of our rural agriculture comes from. Doug said, you know, I'll work with these guys, put a cooler for them if I can kind of have their B and C lots on discount, trying to get it back. Well, it didn't work out. Um, the farmers kind of operated in their little square plot and said, "I do this, The Joneses do that, the Smiths do that. We don't want to play together. Um, but what they came what Chuck came across was a hydroponic setup out there, um, a high tunnel that was a little quarter acre setup that was out producing you know the two acre farm next door to the three acre farm next door. It was a fairly good setup, little maybe a little bit more manual than, or a lot more manual than what you'll see out of our operation. But the, the, the light came on, um, it clicked, and, and Chuck's a bulldog. Um, so he kind of ran with this idea, kind of went and found a good strategic partner in it. Chuck, like myself, is not a farmer by trade. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've got a partner with somebody who knows what they're doing. We reached out to a group called Crop King, um, and they became kind of our partner in our business. They helped us design the greenhouse. They helped us erect the greenhouse, all the components, uh, source all of the equipment inside the greenhouse, and now are there on site with us, helping us learn the equipment, helping us learn how to grow, what problems are we going to hit, you know, help us see those problems before they happen, or when we hit those problems, help us deal with those problems. So that's the idea behind it. So about 5% um, of what we, in our business model, is 5% of what we grow goes to feed more. That's the backstory.
1: All right, from the farm from Virginia Beach to Goochland, this is where this where you're. Yeah, we're,
2: we're in Mannequin Sabot. Um, we are kind of part of West Creek. We're on the northernmost part of West Creek.
0: So I have a little personal factoid, Scott, about Carl that oh, you're going to really enjoy. Oh, uh, okay. I'm. I know. Weird setup. <laughs> this is um, yeah. <laughs> um. I'm sweating I, over d- here. Don't sweat. <laughs> so
1: when I have I'm, been to Pungo in years. I, yeah.
0: We'll get into that story later. Yeah. Um. So, while I was touring the facility, the very clean facility, he was wearing a belt ah. <laughs> that you're really going to like. Okay. What was your belt?
2: Uh, that day, it was an orange donut belt.
1: Ah, <laughs> I love it. You're uh, fish fishman. fisherman. yeah. Um, Excellent. And
2: actually, let's see. Today, I've got my Grateful Dead belt on, so... Excellent. we'll get, we'll get right. back of this.
1: can you give us 10
2: or 15 minutes <laughs>
0: to just, just discuss fish just I feel talk. like you would, we might want to bro usually, out for a usually second usually
1: Roby avoids these kinds of guests I'm I'm impressed yeah. that you booked Carl uh-huh. yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I had you must to very,
2: you must
1: like him a lot uh, the lettuce is really good <laughs> that, that's all <laughs> it takes hey look that's all I need is that we probably. can catch up on fish after the podcast. Yeah. it's very thank cool thank you for letting me know and it's always no. nice to meet a fellow A fellow. when yeah. was your last show
0: there it is <laughs>
1: Was oh, no. uh, Carl, it was pre-pandemic.
2: Oh
0: no. What are you doing? It was Pre-pand? Hampton,
2: like I got 13, October 18. Yeah. Okay.
0: October 18. Just, weirdly, you're like, "Let me give you the dates." <laughs>
2: yeah. No. I was there.
1: I know. I it was, was there. it
2: was October. It was 3 nights. Yep, yep Yeah, we caught two of them. So, the problem we have now is we have three kids. My wife is also a fish fan and a dead fan. And this is this is where my life has gotten now. I'm having negotiations with her. Um by the time this podcast comes out hopefully yeah. I've won my negotiations we have to go to we have three kids that are all big swimmers and we have to go to travel meets and right. all this so let's get in the way of those kids those kids I love them to death but I'm sitting there and discussing we were up and we were up in DC July 8th and I look in the counter I'm always one I love music so I always kind of circle to see what's around there I was like listen dead and company's playing over here I'm taking the boys she goes well, I can't use the words that she that she used. <laughs> She's like, You can't take them to a dead show in the middle of a swim meet. I was like, Yeah, we can. We can, make this, we can make this work. What else are they gonna do? <laughs> that, that's what I said. They're gonna be in a hotel room. Playing,
0: <laughs> what else are gonna they gonna do? Oh, I you. don't know. There's yeah. learning, but like, That's okay. Learning? Yeah. To learn.
2: they don't have to learn. They're, they're swimming <laughs> on their phones. Yeah,
0: they're swimmers. They yeah. don't yeah. learn. How old are your children?
2: Uh, they're 13, 10, and seven perfect ages for
1: their first dead concert. About, when
0: how old were your kids when they went to their first fish concert, Scott?
1: About the same age. Yep, there you 11, go. 11, 12. Go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's
2: the best way to do it. No, I think they're still scarred, but that 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 was kind of my wife saying too as well. She's like, you're going to see dad over here and the three kids kind of chasing him around. I guess two, only two will go to that, the boys. But
1: Yeah. No. Well, I hope you can make that work.
2: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'll watch you. I'll give you guys an update. Appreciate that. I love that stuff. I, th- I love it. Yeah, you guys
0: should go together. So I, d- I didn't tell you we actually interviewed the fish chef. Yeah, you sent
2: that link to me.
0: Yeah, I love which, that. Which I thought that Scott was gonna fall into his
1: microphone. No,
0: it was I- by Zoom. If he, we had been in person, it was during the pandemic. Jim, if you're
1: listening, I'm still trying to arrange People that dinner. Climbed date for in you like and a I. tree. And look, I am a huge Sukasa fan.
2: <laughs> so you know. Oh yeah, my fridge or my freezer is full of Sukasa. We were. We tested just about every single delivery service during pandemic. Um, whoever it was, I mean, we'd, we've got uh, Carlisle's group at Supper Club when they were sure. still out there. Um, we, we had three or four different ones. Um, Kate Uncorked, I want to say, was one. It's and, a great one. Yeah, it's a great one. She, her food is amazing. Like mm-hmm. I, So many people didn't travel well. You know, it works great on a plate in a restaurant. It doesn't, well. doesn't move well. Kate. I'm familiar with Kate Uncou.
0: Great, uh, Le Plan is what Kate yes. does. It's typically she centers it around maternity individuals or individuals that are pre, after you've given birth, so post birth, oh, pre really? birth, or post birth. She has the mat, meal train yeah. situation, uh, something like that. But you could send a big thing. But she also has pretty healthy options, which I actually did during the pandemic as well because they're. Incredibly, and she's solid. still in
2: business. She's, she's still, still in business. Still business. Awesome. So check yeah. it out. Using our greens as well.
1: Oh, there that. we go. Yeah, that's a little circle around right well, there. What are you doing? What <laughs> <did> <laughs> we just, we just <laughs> got Funny, <Yeah>, no, <laughs> I liked it because it was funny good. enough. I went, <laughs> I okay went on.
2: Um, I was looking on LinkedIn and listen, or no, it was um Instagram, and I was looking at it, and I saw our Greenswell Growers got tagged, and I said, "Wait, Kita on court?" I was like that's who I give money to every week. And I, I sent her an email and it was, it was a good exchange back and that's forth. That's so good. Yeah.
0: Funny. Yeah, she's great. I think Jessica, who would get, is getting ready to open a um, restaurant in Churchill's, is working for her. So that Jessica yeah. Wilson. So yeah, very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Okay, where can we get these? All right. And something I didn't ask you when I was touring is, what is the price point? Because I pay a little bit for my... Greens, I do. That's good. I mean, I, I, I like I like the farmers market, which is not low price. It's not high price either, but no. it's right in that space. Um, so I'm wondering what your price point
2: is. Yeah, so our price point. Well, first of all, I'll go through kind of the the local stores that we got started with. You know, everything in our in our business model has been fairly measured. We want to make sure we're doing it right before we take it to scale. Um, And I want to give a big shout out to the groups at Good Foods Grocer were the first to carry it or Libby Market, one of the two, the the two of them, they were both great with us. And then Elwood's came in right behind it. the three of them have been just a great way to get ourselves out there, stress test our business before we kind of go to even larger scale with what we did. Um, actually, this week, uh, here we are at the end of June, uh, we just launched with Food Line, nice um, in central Virginia with the hopes of spreading our wings out uh, to cover all of Virginia. On top of that, outside of the Richmond area, we're also in all the Harris Teeters in northern Virginia and my Hampton Roads crew uh, down there is consuming it uh, on a fast-paced basis Um, but yeah that's kind of that's kind of where we kind of started with it price point wise um, look we're proud of our product we think it's a premium product you're not um, going
0: to scare me. Now, I, I, I head to the market most every
2: week. You'll see kind of a range between kind of three dollars and fifty cents to you know some of the other places are at four fifty, four ninety nine, depending on the
1: scale of the grocer is really what. I think it's a great by, price point. Yeah,
2: is the it is sub five dollars.
1: Pardon market. my ignorance. Is it just lettuce or is it a variety of greens?
2: Uh, it's a variety of greens, but we also took kind of a little bit of a measured approach to what we're doing there. <clears throat> We've seen a lot of companies that have, that kind of play in the space. This this, this this market has kind of evolved over the past five six years a lot of companies jumped out with 20 different products that they didn't do very i'm not going to say they did fine they didn't do great um and and they'll tell you that um so what we did was we wanted to take let's figure out what we do right let's be measured in that Let's uh what we did was we put out our product called our essential green leaf Then we took um that as well and we put out a blend we kind of said those are kind of the two big areas the blend is a green leaf a red leaf and arugula the arugula is something different than what your traditional arugula you have it's a small leaf it's almost in the micro category um but it's got a lot of punch to it so a little bit goes a long way with it the red leaf is very tender and then the green leaf is kind of our money crop uh that is what we believe is going to be the product the green leaf is different than anything that, that you will have. Um, the structure of the leaf is different than what, you know, traditional. What you get in that is you get a good crunch. Um, the, the, the crunch of the bite kind of, you know, I don't like saying the words iceberg, but you get that crunch that's with iceberg or romaine, but you actually get flavor. You get a sweetness and a little bit of a bitterness out of the leaf. So you kind of get kind of get two things in one with it and the leaf holds up like you wouldn't believe um i Jeff. made a
0: sweet wedge salad with it um i had it at the house obviously when i toured he was nice enough to send me home with some so i've made the prettiest of wedges with the green leaf i mean i'll just say it that was very pretty and then i chopped the other leaves up like like a restaurant who yep. will not be named because um, I don't love the restaurant, but my Chopped is
2: better than anybody's. <laughs> so
0: I chopped that up and made a salad with all sorts of fun things. That's Took it to the pool.
2: Nice. That's actually, I, I think it's kind of the best way. It's what my wife does with it when we kind of make salads. We actually get our kids to eat salads at times at home.
1: It's impressive. Uh,
2: I, I don't win every night, but we win some. Um, we can hold you know, sweets at the end of it to it. Uh, it's, like a, it's a trade. It's a trade. It, it, look, Here's children, lettuce and life a cookie. is a negotiation. Life yeah. is a negotiation. That's exactly where I was going with it. But yeah, that's exactly what we do. We kind of take the lettuce. It's so full. It's one of the things the chefs kind of really liked out of our product was they couldn't believe the, almost the spring back that you get with our lettuce. So where they would use kind of four ounces, three ounces on a on a plate, they were using one to two ounces. So, yeah, we were a little bit of a premium price point versus traditional farming. They were able to offset that between how much how much less they were using on their plates and then on top of that, the shelf life. Our shelf life is at least double of what the fields are. Um, you know, where they're 10 days, we're 21 plus days. Um, we actually have daily a lettuce tasting event. Um
0: where? I'm sorry, do you like guys line up and, <laughs> t- and taste some weed? Well, we'll at taste- my house, we call it weeds, by the way, so yeah. I'm sorry that I say that, but that, that's what Ryan calls it. Oh,
1: we're having weeds again. And I, yeah. I'm not here to defend himself. Yeah,
0: that's a, And that's how I like it.
1: Oh, no. We've got stuff that's like 30 days old that I'm going, there's no way this is going to taste good. What does one <laughs> wear to a, a greens
2: tasting event? Uh, usually dirty clothes. i got plenty of
1: those. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, I'm wearing that day. Yeah,
2: yeah you know. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, a good group behind us that makes all this happen
1: cool very cool yes go ahead one last question you mentioned a couple of the places uh where we can buy you at the store and a couple of the people that are using it in restaurants any other uh restaurants that at this point you yeah mention? we've got um
2: kind of crazy enough uh there's the hampton roads has really embraced our, our product richmond has as well but we're seeing a lot of movement out in the beach communities um whether it's outer banks whether it's uh, virginia beach or ocean city through pfg um, is one is one of our big distributors that does that. Uh, along the way, we've got kind of restaurants throughout the town. Actually, one of my personal favorites, uh, Mike Ledesma over at Perch before Perch closed, he was one of the big proponents. I actually took it. We did a photo shoot at Mike's place, and I took him. I said, "Look, I'm going to bring you fresh product next week." When we we did the photo shoot, I said, "Here's 14 old day lettuce," and he goes, "What in the heck are you bringing this you know stuff sure. to, to hear you goes wait you're lying this is not and I kind of spun the label around and I said look and he goes oh my god he's like this is insane um, so th- they were one uh, you'll see us let's see we're working with Joe at Heritage on some stuff we're working you know hopefully in the next couple of weeks with the Taza group uh, I think Baker's crust carries it. There's a whole. There's of, options.
1: There's options. There's options out there. Yeah,
0: okay, great. So yeah, you can get it locally, which is I think is awesome. Also, you can buy it from your local markets. What I'm suggesting that you should. Now, could any regular old person schedule a tour?
2: Yeah, you just reach out to me at Infinite Greenswell Growers. Um, I'm the one who usually answers those emails. Uh, it's me or Paul sometimes, uh, but yeah, well, you know, I'm kind of out there. I think I'm as much tour guide as I am president of the company. Um, I, you know, our crew will, will kind of make fun of me for that, that. You know, I'll give a tour to anybody. The postman comes up, he gets a tour. <laughs> uh, I, want people, I want people to know about our business and I want people to understand what's going on and why this is so important, what, what's going on in our space.
0: And what's next? Because I know we have the field of greens.
2: We have the field of greens. Well, Then
0: will we have like the dance of the tomatoes? Um, if you've ever seen veg- Veggie Tales, somebody got that, but probably
2: yeah. neither one of you all. But like, <laughs> no, that well. one that one slipped past me. <laughs> no. um, so right now we're in the process. Probably by the you know probably by the end of July we're gonna have a baby romaine um crop that's gonna that's gonna be product number three uh we've kind of finalized what we're gonna do we're gonna do a red romaine and blend it with our green leaf um you'll find more of what we're doing i'll try we'll we will try and use as much of our green leaf as possible because that's really what we want to convert people to we think it's we're biased we think it's amazing uh but You know you throw the word remain out there and people know have an expectation to it um and you kind of bring it in and say look this is something new you get the red remain and you got the green leaf and that that. now past that yeah um we are we're in what we call phase one the greenhouse that we have now is about an acre and a half that's under roof we have plans to expand that um to add two more phases of that acre and a half so you'll have a little bit over four acres under roof when we expand to phase two and phase three, we're actually gonna put in kind of what we call our experimental greenhouse.
1: Yeah, that's when the deadhead comes, that's out, it, yeah. comes out in him. <laughs> yep, I know where this is going. Yeah. This, is not, this is not a secret.
2: <laughs> no, no. We're looking at... I,
0: Zero black lights
2: needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, what we're looking at, we take the perspective, you know, what what tastes like crap
1: at the grocery store? You
2: sure. know, what, what is the thing that that sells and doesn't taste very good how can we improve on that with a controlled environment um strawberries is one we're looking at
0: good one um avocados
2: yeah i wish on that mm-hmm. um, that Everyone way i wouldn't wishes. have to buy them i could just grab mm-hmm. them and take them home to my family um we're also looking at some single serve melons um that that we can grow that way
0: my father calls there's a
2: personal melon it's a personal melon mm-hmm. i like the personal melon i may
0: he always said to us when he was giving us breakfast like he my father made our breakfast in the morning before we went to school he'd be like well today we're all having personal melons personal melons <laughs> i
2: like it uh, we may go with that but it's something that's sweet and juicy. That you know, you know, sometimes you bust open that cantaloupe, it doesn't exactly taste the way that it looks. Uh, they're always
0: so much prettier sometimes. They're so
2: much prettier mm-hmm. than, than what they actually the honey taste.
0: The honeydew, like. you think it's actually going to be dew from honey, but no, no.
2: <laughs> yeah. But that's what we're going for. Is we're going to grow <laughs> that look, honeydew <laughs> I that look, tastes I love like melon. Learning a lot about
1: ruby on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love
0: it. Yeah, I ate a lot of melons. Yeah. Nothing
2: wrong
1: with that. No. Nothing I'm wrong judging, with that.
0: And I, I, I don't I judge me for my melon, melon. <laughs> consumption. Yeah. It's a good stuff. So, sorry, I interrupted you. Because nah. I was living in melon land. So, like.
2: No, nah, but, the, and that's what we're looking at. What's the next product that, that comes out there? What, what are we struggling with getting? What is the quality issues with it? And how can we automate it? One of the biggest things that we've got in our facility is we run the facility with, you know, 12 people. You know, this is an 80,000 square foot building that 12 people operate this, and it's, they all know what they're doing, which is the, An amazing thing you know kevin in the packaging room he can keep everything straight he he runs it like a fire drill in there at times because we throw we need this this and this and he kind of helps us figure out how to spit out this this and this and then gus and chris and growing they can get that out and sherry and nicole kind of keep us in line Uh, but we're able with the automation you know, labor's labor's at a premium right now. You can't find people. I mean, the restaurant community, more than anybody knows, that labor's at a premium. So the the more you can do with less, the better off you are in the long run.
0: So what is your favorite salad dressing? Because I feel like you have to have them with lettuces.
1: You stressed them out. I didn't no, stress them out. I need, I'm, I'm I need a, it. I'm a pretty simple guy that when doesn't, it comes to...
0: Just, simple like, means nothing to me. It's favorite.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. I'm... Balsamic vinegar, a little bit of olive oil, salt, pepper, a little crushed red pepper, and I'm good to go. Love it.
0: You are listening to Roby Martin, Scott Wise, and Carl Gupton of Green Swell or Green Swell Growers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This episode of Eat It
1: Virginia... Eat It Virginia? (laughs) Really?
2: This episode of Eat It Virginia... No! Oh, God, no.